Welcome, everyone, to the First Presbyterian Church podcast. We are First Presbyterian in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, and we are glad that you are here listening with us, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, We hope that your day will be blessed, and may the peace of Christ be with you. Pray with me, please. Come, Holy Spirit, kindle in us the fire of your love. Rain down upon our dusty, dry lives. Open up space within us that we might hear and feel and see and know your call to us, your voice calling us to love and to respond in gratitude. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I have a friend who's a birder, you know, people that look for birds. I never really understand. I mean, it's a cool hobby, right? But I never really understand. I mean, you just wander around and see what birds you see. You know, you can't really, like, control the birds coming and going and which ones you're going to find. But apparently a lot of it has to do with just paying attention. Are any of you bird people here? Oh, yeah, got a lot of them. I like them, but when I looked out my window the other day and there were like eight really big fat crows going to town on the bird seed, I will admit that I sent the dog after them. Blake said, don't do that because apparently if you feed them, they'll bring you gifts. Is that a thing? I never heard that. Anyway, uh, my friend who is a birder posted a picture the other day and it's a tree trunk and you're looking at it. And it looks like a tree trunk. You know, it's brown and got that woody texture thing going on. But she kind of posts a couple pictures after it, zooming in. And then you can see that there's this hole in the tree, you know, a round hole. And lo and behold, there's a little face in that hole. And it's crazy because that face looks just like the rest of the tree. But it's clearly a bird, an owl. And she said... How much do we miss by just not paying attention? I would never have seen that owl had I walked by that tree, but she did. How many good and beautiful things hide in plain sight? Because, well, that's what they're trying to do, right? They've got camouflage and all that good animal adapty stuff that helps them hide. That owl was real cute. The crows, I don't know. I'll think about them. Maybe they will bring us something. Today we're talking about the ten lepers in that gospel story that we just heard, where ten men are healed by Jesus, but only one returns to give praise. Now, this is more than a nice story for two-year-olds about how we should say thank you. It's more than just having manners, good manners. We'll get to that. 
Most stories in the gospel are about way more than that. But let's think about ourselves in a situation like that. How often have we had a fresh start and just not acknowledged it, let it pass on by, or acknowledged it but not reveled in it, not soaked in it, not appreciated it with the kind of depth that this man does? I'm sure in my life I have had many times where God has done a new thing in me and I've just sort of said great or had sort of an entitled feel. We often have this kind of sense of entitlement like, yes, good things should always happen to us. And that makes it less remarkable when they do happen. What about you? How have you responded to God's work in your life, to the newness that God offers? Do we show gratitude? And again, it's not about good manners, but there's something more going on here. Sometimes change comes with excitement, and sometimes it doesn't. But the way that we think and feel about things does make all the difference. I heard someone reflecting the other day on their time serving with Room in the Inn. And this person said the first year, you know, it was like you show up with breakfast and, you know, check off your to-do list, which is all well and good. But this year, this person, um, and I can only say it's probably through God's work, something changed, shifted, so that doing the task, whatever it was, was not just the task, but an act of serving God's own self. It took on spiritual meaning. You see what I'm saying? The way that we approach things, that we see things and think about things makes such a difference to how we experience them. Something as simple as making breakfast can become a true act of encountering God and being changed in the process. Children, I think, are the easiest to see. They are often filled with thankfulness and gratitude and excitement and all kinds of other things, too. You know, they feel it all, and they let us all know about it. Um, But if we watch them, we can see that the way that you feel and letting yourself feel that gratitude and thankfulness really does make a difference. So, but what's going on with this story? If it's not just a story about saying thank you, which, by the way, my mom was very militant about as a kid. Anybody else have that when you were a kid? And your mom was like, always say thank you. And I had to like write thank you cards a lot for everything. And it was a whole thing. And I do. I believe in the power of saying thank you. <laughs> but if you're not feeling it, it kind of doesn't feel that exciting. Okay, so if our story's not just about having good manners and not just praising God, what else is going on? 
So one sort of angle on this story is that, as we heard, Jesus is traveling on this borderland between Samaria and Galilee. It's kind of an in-between place. And you may know or remember, or maybe not, but there's this thing about Samaritans. There are other stories, right, about Samaritans in the Gospels. Uh, Probably the most famous one being the parable of the good Samaritan, right? Where a man is beaten up on the side of the road and several people go by who you think would help him, but none do until a Samaritan comes by. Samaritans and Jews who once were of kind of the same group had over centuries split apart into two distinct groups religiously and culturally and ethnically, there was animosity, hatred between them. And you hear what Jesus says about the man who comes back and says, thank you. This man is a Samaritan, a foreigner. He emphasizes it. Not just a Samaritan, but he makes it clear. This man is a foreigner. Sometimes Jesus often, right, is working in those borderlands to bring the marginalized into the picture. And those who have something to teach us may not be the people that we expect them to be. Now, Jesus heals the men, and I kind of wonder if this is what happened. He says, go to the priests. Now, the men who were They were lepers, they had skin diseases, they were ritually unclean, meaning that by temple standards, by Jewish societal standards, once they were healed, they had to also have the blessing of the priest, right? To say that they were then ritually clean and could be around other people. So the Samaritan is an outsider and wasn't involved in this temple system. And so I wonder if the 10 started on the road and then the Samaritan peeled off and realized, I'm not going to the temple, found himself alone and went back to Jesus because where else was he going to go? Who else could make him whole? I wonder if those other nine thought anything of it Um, But it's interesting that they would have found wholeness in their community through the priest. All would have been well, but the Samaritan needed another way. And so he found himself going back to Jesus. I don't know that we need to criticize too much the nine who didn't return. They did, in fact, do what Jesus said. They went to the priest They were healed. But I think what the story is pushing us to see is that this man who turned back found something more. He was not just healed or cured, but he found healing and wholeness in a greater sense. The Greek word there for healed, made whole, could also translate it as saved. Jesus is not just about fixing whatever problems 
that the people that he encounters has. It's not just about fixing our problems, but about a bigger, more all-encompassing wholeness and salvation. You could even call it liberation. And the man who took the time to go back, he gets to experience that. And his life is forever changed. Jesus said, go, your faith has made you well. And that's something that Jesus often says to the people that he heals. And in that go, I hear a kind of commissioning. Jesus saying, you have a role now. You have a place in the greater story of what I'm doing in the world. And I'm sending you to go and be a part of it. This outsider, the Samaritan, suddenly could see and appreciate what Jesus was doing. It's not just about saying thanks, although that's part of it, but it's about a whole heart, whole-bodied experience of God's love. It's participating in God's work in the world. God gives us grace and healing. God gives us a fresh start always. But the degree to which we are a part of it and pay attention affects our awareness and our heart experience of it. When we are thankful or grateful or filled with awe, when we take time to notice, we are changed so much more than on the surface. This man was filled with gratitude, but he had a deep connection with Jesus. He was made well. So what does God want to make well in you? How might we take the time to stop, connect with God, and show a full-bodied gratitude to God? How might we voice our praise this week? How might we root ourselves in gratitude and turning back to God? And it's not just about a trite thank you because we feel like we should say it, but about rooting ourselves in that joy and in that awareness of what God is doing in us. Let's take a moment now to praise God. The men called out to God for mercy and so I'm, we don't normally do this in church, but maybe you've been a part of cheering at sports events or concerts. So just pretend we're cheering on the cats or the cards or whoever your people are. Um, but think about what it is that you might be responding to God about. And I'm going to say, thank you, God. And I want you all to loudly and I will, I will, we're going to try and get really loud and see how it feels. Uh, and so you all will respond, thank you, God. Okay, you're right? Okay. So, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. One more time. Thank you, God. May we carry that sense with us. Let it change us and transform us 
in the new fresh start that God is working in us and in our community this year. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen.